M A I N M U N U Main Menu Main Menu Welcome to Main Menu for the week of August 17 to August 23, 2012. I'm your host, David Tanner, and glad to have you with us today on Main Menu. We're always glad to have our returning listeners and our new listeners, and we hope you enjoy the content here on Main Menu. If you have any suggestions for us, please get a hold of us and let us know of any suggestions that you might have for things you'd like to hear us cover here on Main Menu, or any suggestions for things that you might like to see added to the program or things you'd like to see changed. We have a very busy week this week. We have a whole lot of things to present to you this week, and so let's get right on into what we're going to be covering and get on into that coverage for this week. We're going to start out with David Woodbridge from Vision Australia, and David is back with us again this week. You may remember that last week, David talked to us about the new Flexi app for iOS, a new way for blind and visually impaired people to input information into their iOS device. Well, guess what? In between times, the people that make the Flexi software have come out with a new update and quite a few things have changed. And David is back with a brief update on what has taken place with the new 1.1 update. And he is going to talk to you about that and show you a few of the things that are happening now with Flexi and you will probably be interested in hearing about that and the update. Then Jeremy Lohler from the National Council of the Blind of Ireland comes to us and with a review and an introduction to the screen reader for the BlackBerry phone and he is going to demonstrate that for us and tell us a little bit about it. And then after that, Jamie Pauls is going to come to us from Saratech, and we thank the people at Saratech for allowing us to air some of the interviews that they did at the recent ACB 2012 convention. Jeremy is going to be talking to Ron Miller from Freedom Scientific, and they're going to be talking about some of the new things from Freedom Scientific and, and kind of giving you an overview of what's new and what's up with Freedom Scientific. And then Shane Davidson, and he and Jeremy are with the second part of their introduction and demo of the Swamp game program and that is going to be the second part of that interview and demo and then tonight today's program is going to be the demo of the game and then finally David Woodridge is back with us again and this time he will be telling us about the accessibility panel uh, and the shortcuts in Mountain Lion. That's all up here on Main Menu for this week. We hope you have a great week and let's get right into those presentations right now. The following presentation is brought to you on Main Menu, courtesy of David Woodbridge and Vision Australia. To find out more about Vision Australia, visit them on the web at www.visionaustralia.org. Vision Australia. Blindness and low vision services. 
Welcome to this update of the Flexi application, the keyboarding pattern recognition application for your iOS device. And since the last Flexi demonstration, there has been several improvements to the Flexi application. However, I won't be going through all the new features in the new Flexi application as of this recording. I will be highlighting the major changes to the software. Before we get into the demonstration proper, I should point out now that with the new version of Flexi, you can download a free version of Flexi if you don't already own it, and practice using the app using the pattern recognition keyboard. If you then want to then purchase the application, you can do it from within the Flexi app, and you'll be redirected to an in-app purchase on the App Store to purchase the full version. The main difference being with the free version, you can just practice typing on the Flexi keyboard, but you won't have any other functions to access besides the purchase button. And of course, with the full version, you can copy and paste your text to the clipboard, you can send a message, an email, a tweet, etc. Let me first of all say that my iPhone 4S is turned on, voiceover is running, and as usual, I'm starting from the home screen on my iPhone where the Flexi application is installed. And of course, we know with VoiceOver that we can do a one finger flick left or right on the screen to find the application, or I can drag my finger around to find the application. Once I've found it, I then can do a one finger double tap with VoiceOver, of course, to run the application. So I'll do that now. I'm just going to touch my screen. Flexi. Loading. 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 Flexi is ready. Okay, now Flexi is loaded and it said it's ready. Now the first really exciting new feature is the fact that I no longer have to turn VoiceOver off. So no more triple click home to turn it off. If I just touch the bottom of the screen. Activate keyboard with a single tap before typing. Okay, my keyboard's now ready to start typing. You heard the little click. So if I just type in hello on the pattern keyboard, H-E-L-L-O, one finger flick to the right. Hello. Okay, I can start typing straight away with Flexi. The next thing that has been added to the new Flexi application as of the last demonstration is the fact that you no longer have to use the rotor to access symbols or your number pad. So if I wanted to use symbols now, for example, if I touch the screen to find a letter on the keyboard, F, and I Flexi, my finger up the screen, T, Tango, Dollar, Okay, there's dollar. Drag my finger over to the right. Left parenthesis, colon. Okay, so let's say, for example, I want to use a group that's similar to the one that I've just heard. So let me just slide back over to the left on the screen. Let's put my finger on the screen. Left parenthesis. Okay, I'm going to choose that by taking my finger off the screen. Left parenthesis. One finger flick to the right to use it. Now if I do one finger flick down. Right parenthesis. Right parenthesis. Left bracket. Left bracket. Right bracket. And so on. So now I could actually use that particular punctuation. And of course, I could then now just start typing my next word, for example, to keep going. In the usual way, I can now do a one finger flick to the left. Deleted. To get rid of that punctuation symbol. Now, as far as numbers go, down the bottom left hand side of my screen on the left hand side is the toggle to switch between letters and number mode. So again, if I touch my screen, G. There's G. Golf. I'm going to go down to the left and to get to the bottom of the Flexi. side of the screen. D X. Z. Z. Numbers. Okay, there's numbers. If I take my finger off. Numbers. 
I've now activated the numbers keyboard. If I touch the middle of the screen now, down towards the bottom where the keyboard is. Five. Okay, there's five. Come down. Eight. There's eight. Go up. Five. Two. There's two, and so on. So if I want to go back to letters, go down to the bottom left-hand side seven corner. Seven letters. There's letters. Tap my finger up. Letters. And I'm back on letters. So if I just type in the word, and we've already got hello, so I'm going to type in the word world. World. Okay. So I should just have hello world there. Now, as normal, to put a punctuation mark in before, we could do a one finger flick to the right. Period. And there's our period. But we also have other symbols in that list now. So if I do one finger flick down as before. Comma. There's comma. That was there before. Okay. One finger flick down again. Question mark. There's question mark as usual. Exclamation mark. Exclamation mark. Apostrophe S. And now I've got an apostrophe now, which is actually very handy. One finger flick down again, of course. Colon. Colon still there. Semicolon. And semicolon still there. So I'm going to do one finger flick back up to get to period, so I can use it. Colon, apostrophe, exclamation, question mark, comma, period. Okay, and I'm ready to type my next word. With the previous version of the software, you could do a one finger flick to the right, or swipe to the right and hold to put a new line in. However, if you don't want to use that function, a new function is touch the screen again. H, hotel. to the bottom right-hand side J corner. New line. And there's new lines. If I take my finger off. I've just put a new line in. So basically on the bottom left and right of your on-screen keyboard, on the bottom left-hand side in the corner, you've got the letters and number toggle. And on the right-hand side, you've got the new line button now. Another new feature in Flexi, of course, is to not only add words to your dictionary, but to also delete words from your dictionary. Now, of course, adding words manually to your dictionary is still there. But we've got an added function now. So when you finish typing in a word, you do one finger flick to the right to say that you want to use that word. One finger flick up will add the word to the dictionary. And if you type in the word again and do another one finger flick up, that will remove that word from the, the dictionary. And because it now saves that dictionary to your iCloud, other Flexi apps running on your other iOS devices will use the same dictionary. So you'll always be up to date with syncing. Another feature that they've done in the new Flexi application is to update the new way that the menu appears. So if I touch and hold my finger on the top of the screen now. Uh, hello world. Okay, I now get the, what I've just typed in, read back to me. So if I use my normal voiceover rotor, so two finger rotate on the screen. Lines. Words. So one finger flick down. Hello world. Okay, I can read it. Word by word, so one finger flick back up. World, hotel. Now the rest of the menu now, if I just do one finger flick to the right. Copy clear button. We've got copy clear, which is the default button now that you can just double tap on to copy the clipboard and clear it. One finger flick to the right. Send to Send zero, two. four, two, one. And that's my one of my favorites that I've already had in there already. And of course, it's done in settings, flexi. One finger flick to the right. Email button. Email. Message, message button tweet button tweet. instructions button instructions. feedback button feedback. export dictionary export button dictionary. flexi on twitter flexi button on twitter. flexi on the web flexi button the web. cancel button and the cancel button down the bottom of the menu the nice thing about that instructions button now is that the instructions actually stay inside the application they don't go out to an external website it's built into the application and normally suggest now that you navigate those new instructions of course like you do on the web by rotating to header and do a one finger flick up and down to take you through the instructions. Now there's a few more options in settings that have been added to Flexi and I'll just go and show them to you quickly before I finish this demonstration. So I'm going to press the home button to come back out of Flexi itself. Flexi. Okay, let me go to my settings icon on my main home screen. Settings. 
One finger double tap. Settings. Now I'm just going to flick through with one finger to get down the flexi quickly. Personal drop flexi button. One finger double tap to open. Flexi settings back button. Okay, and I'll just show you a few of the new options in Flexi, but we'll go through the whole lot quickly anyway. Flexi favorites zero four. Yeah, that's my favorite phone number that I can send an SMS to straight away to a message. So one finger flick to the right. Separate multiple favorites with commas can be a mix of numbers and your phone number. Okay, zero for email address. David would be force landscape off. Okay, force landscape was there before, so you can force the landscape mode. Spell words off. Spell words is actually a very nice function to turn on. Because I find that if I'm in a noisy area and I haven't quite heard the word, it's also going to spell it back to me when I pause when I'm finished typing that particular word and do a one finger flick to the right. So that's quite handy. Raise to speak, off. Raise to speak, i.e. the proximity sensor for when you raise it to your face or wave your hand over the proximity sensor to get to read back to you. That's now off by default. One finger flick to the right. Email, heading. One finger flick to the right again. Include subject and body on. Okay, so you can include subject in body, which is actually quite handy to do. One finger flick to the right. Signature, typed with flexi, text field. Okay, that's your signature. Currently it says type with flexi, and you can change that. One finger flick to the right. About, heading. And then about. Version, IS build 78378210. Okay, one more flick to the right, of course. We'll end up with the beep to say there's no more there. Press the home button. Settings. Out. Flexi. So the big changes to Flexi is really the fact that you don't need to turn VoiceOver off anymore. It now uses direct touch. You don't have to use the rotor to rotate around to symbols mode to get to more advanced symbols. That's the top of your on-screen keyboard. You can access the number pad directly. Again, not via the rotor. And there's a second option that you can use now to do a new line. So rather than doing it dragging and hold with one finger to the right, you can do the bottom right hand side of the on-screen keyboard and select the new line control. And of course the fact now to get to the menu, it's now a one finger touch and hold on the top of the screen that will also read out to you what you've currently typed in, plus allow you to access the menus. And of course the menus have now been reorganized with the copy and paste at the top of the screen to allow you to access that option quickly. So that concludes this updated demonstration of the Flexi software. I hope you've enjoyed this demonstration. Thanks for listening and bye for now. Vision Australia. Blindness and low vision services. Hello Main Menu listeners. My name is Stuart Lawler. I'm from the National Council for the Blind of Ireland in Dublin or NCBI. I do a number of things for the organisation, but one of them is to look after some of our mobile solutions in the accessibility realm. So that uh, mainly involves providing support and advice on some of the accessible solutions such as iPhone, Android. We've been doing Symbian for a long time and lately the purpose of this demonstration, BlackBerry. Now, many of you will know that BlackBerry has been around for a very long time. And one of the big issues over the years has been accessibility to the BlackBerry platform. There was a couple of strides made in this regard over the years. First of all, with a piece of software called BlackBerry Connect, which used to run on Symbian phones. And that allowed users to connect to a BlackBerry 
enterprise server to send and receive email. The Clarity theme for BlackBerry OS 5 was developed to give low vision users of BlackBerry devices a better experience when using their phone. So it used a lot of uh, high contrast colors and enlarged text. In early 2010, Humanware, following a collaboration with Code Factory, released Orator, or Oratio as it was then called, screen reader for BlackBerry. And I think it's fair to say this had very limited success in the marketplace, mainly because of the huge price tag that was attached to it and because there was no demonstration available. In May 2012, Research in Motion, RIM, released BlackBerry Screen Reader, a free software package running on BlackBerry OS 7 for a number of the BlackBerry handsets. At the time of recording, the BlackBerry 9350, 9360, 9370 and now 9320 are supported. RIM plan to implement future support and increase the number of devices supported. It is understood that the BlackBerry screen reader will be included as part of BlackBerry OS 10. The release of that software has been delayed till early 2013. So what does the screen reader do? Well, Research and Motion tell us that it will work with core BlackBerry applications. They've cited core BlackBerry applications as being email, text messaging, contact management, and calendars. I've had it work, however, with a number of other applications, including Twitter for BlackBerry and BlackBerry Messenger. It does not work very well with the BlackBerry App Store. It does not presently work effectively with the web browser, although you can read web pages in a very basic way, but interacting with them is virtually impossible. In the first of my demonstrations for Main Menu, I want to simply let you hear the screen reader, explore a little of the home screen and some of the BlackBerry screen reader configurations. In future demonstrations, if Main Menu listeners wish to hear them, I'm going to go into more detail about the BlackBerry. For example, I want to explore Twitter for BlackBerry. I want to explore the email application, sending and receiving text messages, etc. If you have comments or suggestions, you can get in touch with me by sending an email to Stuart, S-T-U-A-R-T, dot Lawler, L-A-W-L-E-R, at ncbi.ie. So let's first of all describe the BlackBerry 9360, which is the device that I'm using. It is a QWERTY device and has very nice tactile buttons, as is known and indeed expected of BlackBerry devices over the years. Directly above the QWERTY keyboard is a small trackpad, or some people have called this a trackball. You don't actually move this trackball, you move your finger over it, either up, down, left or right, to perform actions on the device. It's a bit like moving an arrow key. Directly above the trackpad is the screen of the device, which is not a touchscreen. At the top of the device, near to where on a Nokia the power key might be found, is the lock and unlock button. To the left of this is a headphone jack standard set of headphones. On the left-hand side of the device going down is a small port for a mini USB port 
plug which is supplied with the device. This will also charge when connected to your PC and you also receive in the box a converter to connect it to an AC power supply. On the right hand side of the device going down from the top are two volume keys for volume up and down and underneath that what they call in BlackBerry the convenience key. By default, if you didn't have BlackBerry screen reader installed, this key would activate the camera on the device. When BlackBerry screen reader is installed, it switches this key to become the BlackBerry key. And this is a little bit like the insert key with JAWS or maybe the talks key on a talks mobile phone. When you press that in combination with other keys, you get different results. The bottom of the BlackBerry is totally flat, nothing plugs in here. At the back of the BlackBerry is the battery pack, or rather where the battery is contained. Directly above that is the camera. When you open the battery, you need to prise the back off with your nail and then literally shake the device firmly into your hand until the battery comes out and there is no other way to remove the battery so um, don't spend hours at it like I did. I'm ready to unlock the BlackBerry now and I want to let you hear the speech. I've set mine to American English and you'll hear when we unlock it that it uses the nuance Samantha voice so it will be familiar to those of you who use the iPhone. Let's have a listen. Home screen. Tab all. Home screen. Tab all. Tab all. I'm going to Move my finger down the trackpad. Messages. messages. Text messages. Two of 24 icons. Text messages. Contacts. Three of 24 icons. Browser. Four of 24 icons. Media. Five of 24 icons. Calendar. Six of 24 icons. So you can hear I'm moving through the options. If I wanted to enter one of those options, I'd simply press my trackpad, the middle of the trackpad. You might have heard that the screen reader was a little verbose. For example, six of 24 icons. And you can switch that off in the BlackBerry screen reader configuration, which I'm going to go into now. I mentioned a moment ago the BlackBerry key or the convenience key, which BlackBerry screen reader has taken for itself. I'm going to press this key now and then press the letter Q. Home screen, home screen. Calendar. Six of 24 icons. Well, I was going Tab to press it, only Calendar. the screensaver had cut in. Icons. So now I can press it. Blackberry screen reader. Vertical list. Status. Cologne. Expandable. Active. And we're now in the Blackberry screen reader configuration dialog. You'll notice it started speaking slowly. And that's because, and it's been purposely done by RIM, they want you to be able to hear exactly what you're changing in the screen reader. So whether you have the device set at a, at a faster speed, faster pitch even, or slower pitch, the BlackBerry screen reader configuration screens will always speak at this level. Let's down arrow. Cologne. Expandable. Eight. Volume, Volume is eight. Auto start. Cologne. Expandable. On. Auto start is on. That means that it will automatically start when I turn on my BlackBerry, which is what I want. Pitch. Cologne. Expandable. Five left parenthesis, normal right parenthesis. You'll notice that as I move down, sometimes it sort of cuts off the beginnings of words, of utterances. And I have to say, I'm not sure why that is. Now, the pitch is at five. I think it's slightly high. So let's go in five here and change the pitch. Right parenthesis. Four. Five of 11 options. I'm going to put it to three. Two. Three of 11 options. Sometimes three. the trackpad Four is a little sensitive. Blackberry screen reader. 
vertical lift. And because I've made a change, I'm now going to press the key to the left of my trackpad and save the changes. Home screen, tab all, calendar, six of 24 icons, phone, seven of 24 icons. You'll notice that the speech increased. It brought me back to the home screen and the pitch of the voice has also changed. It's now lower. If we go back into our configuration screen with BlackBerry key followed by Q. BlackBerry screen reader, vertical list, status, Cologne. And keep Follow. going down. Expandable. We're now at speed. Five left parenthesis, normal right parenthesis. And the speed can be set from one to 10. Pitch, Cologne, keyboard echo, Cologne, expandable. Characters and words. I've set my keyboard echo to be characters and words for the moment because I want to be able to hear exactly what I'm typing. Punctuation. Cologne. Expandable. Some. I don't like punctuation at all, so let's off. One of four turn options. that off. Blackberry screen reader. Vertical list. Punctuation. Cologne. Expandable. Off. Now it's still saying colon. That's because I haven't saved those changes. Case indicator. Cologne. Expandable. Off. Case indicator. It's off at the moment. I'd like it to be on. Off. One of on. Two of so I've now turned it on. Reader. Mute on keypad lock. Cologne. Expandable. Off. Mute on key lock, key, keypad lock, Not I think, on. would be better to two be on. Blackberry screen. Secret editor mode. Cologne. Expandable. Asterisk. Secret editor mode is useful. So if you are entering passwords and you're not still familiar with the keyboard, you can set this to speak the keys you're entering. Obviously, you'd want to do this maybe with a pair of headphones or not in a very public place. And you save. I'm now going to save those changes. Home screen, tab all, phone, seven of 24 icons. And let's now go back into BlackBerry screen reader. BlackBerry screen reader, vertical list, status, cologne, expandable, active. Now that's interesting because when you go into the BlackBerry screen reader configuration, regardless of what changes to the screen reader you have made, and regardless of how they behave in other applications, everything reverts when you go back. So you'll notice it's reading my punctuation again, even though we turned the punctuation off. I'm not sure how I feel about that feature. Um, I've never seen it before in other screen readers, and I'd be interested to hear feedback from main menu listeners. That's all I have time for on this edition. If you'd like to know more, get in touch through Chase and the main menu team, and I'm happy to produce more, or send an email to Stuart, S-T-U-A-R-T, dot Lawler, L-A-W-L-E-R, at ncbi.ie. Until next time, this is Stuart Lawler, signing off and saying thank you for listening. This is Jamie Pauls, and I'm visiting with Ron Miller of Freedom Scientific. And Ron, first of all, welcome to the Sarah Talk podcast. Well, Jamie, thanks for having me, and uh, welcome to Freedom Scientific Training Land. We're over here in the training booth at uh, one side of the exhibit hall at ACB, and we've captured you. We may not let you go. So I don't suppose there's anything you're excited about this week at all, right? I <laughs> know, <laughs> very boring, very bland yeah, here. right. That's right. It's uh, one of the things we're getting, uh, letting people have hands-on, and uh, you've experienced that is uh, we're debuting the Focus 14 Blue Braille display, and we've just released the Focus 40 Blue Braille display. And, uh, we have those here, and people are putting their digits all over them, believe me. And I was one of them. I, I will not bore our listeners with my little uh, playing around session, but it is quite an impressive product. Why don't you go ahead and just kind of give us some highlights, though? Oh, sure. 
Um, we've actually done some, some serious refinement of the Braille displays. People who are familiar with the current Focus 40 Blue, uh, when we when we hand them the new Focus 40 Blue, uh, probably 90-something percent of them, their first reaction is, wow, because it, it, it is smaller. We literally reduced the size of this thing by 37%. I, I jokingly tell people we, we wet it, starched it, and ironed it, and it shrunk. It's, uh, it's just a smaller display. And um, we've refined the keyboard. One of the most exciting things about what we've done beyond the size reduction, to me, Jamie, is we've changed the feel of the keyboard. We invested a lot of time, ran a lot of users through... Uh, uh, my office and um, our, our vice president of hardware, Brad Davis's office, and, and doing tests and watching people and what they were doing. Our engineering folks stood around and watched people use the devices to get a really good idea of what kind of keyboard would let you braille for long periods of time on these things. I mean, well, I believe you're an iPhone user. Yes. You know that you know after after the iPhone 3GS came along and voiceover sort of burst upon all of us. Right. The playing field changed. The landscape of how everybody's using their mobile devices changed. And all of a sudden, a Braille display went from being an output device with keys that you kind of sent occasional commands in with to an input-output device. Uh, Apple uh, iOS very happily supports contracted Braille in. Beginning with JAWS 12, we have JAWS Braille in, which gives you contracted Braille input and computer support. So you can drive your computer from the display. So all of a sudden, the, the, the Perkins keyboard and the other controls became really important, much more important than they used to be. And you know, when, when we sat down and said, what are we going to do? How are we going to make this better? One of the things I pushed for, Jonathan Mosen pushed for, both of us being dyed-in-the-wool Braille users or Braillesters, um, as uh, Don uh, John DeFrancesco used to be uh, head of the Braille Re Revival League for ACB used to call us all Braillesters. Um, you know, we wanted a Braille display with a keyboard you could sit in Braille on for a long time, and it's quiet, it's comfortable. Uh, both of those are very important. You want that comfort, and you don't want the you don't want to sound like you're playing castanets as you're taking notes. So right. you want quiet as well. So those to me are highlights. Okay. I don't suppose there's much you can talk about as far as Apple and iOS go right now because you are playing with Beta 6. Is there anything you can tell us at all about usability and what it's like? Uh, I'm under the big NDA. Yes, yeah. What I can say is we're definitely working with Apple, um, iOS, and uh, with the Code Factory folks, and it is a just a, a great experience. Okay. And uh, I think people are going to be very happy in the oh. near future. What is the price point on both the 40 and the 14? It's a great question. The Focus 40 is at the same price as before. It's $2,795. Okay. And the Focus 14 is $1,295. And we are doing our regular 5% hardware discount at the at the shows. Right. And I, I should have that figure memorized, and I'm not a mathonaut, so I, I don't. <laughs> That's okay. Um, this is kind of a neat year to be bringing out the Focus 14 and Focus 40 because it's the 25th anniversary of when the Braille and Speak was first debuted, mm -hmm. way back in 1987. And given the size of the Focus 14 and the, and the part it plays, especially with portable devices and taking notes and sending messages and all that sort of stuff, um, we're, we're kind of celebrating that 25th anniversary here at the convention 
by offering a 10% uh, convention discount on the Focus 14, which brings its price down to $1,165, $1,165. Just because, I don't know, I, I thought it would be a cool thing to do because of the 25th anniversary. And if you feel that Focus 14, it's smaller than the old Braille and Speak was. And, you know, the first thing that goes through my mind is, gosh, could, would I want to use a 14 cell Braille display? But looking at it, it really is compact. Talk to us about using that product. Okay. Um, not that I'm, you know, revealing any information about stuff, but right. using it with an iPhone is a, is a, is a, or any smartphone or smart mobile device is a, is a great experience because you suddenly have a device you can pack away with you. I literally could carry it in my shirt pocket. I mean, you can lay a dollar bill across this thing and it covers up all but a fingertips width along the back edge. So it's portable enough to carry. Uh, my my phone lives on the leather case on my belt. I can throw this around my my shoulder, and I, we, we, we ship it with a case that's a use-in case. And I like using it with speech turned off. Um, the display stays on. I never turn it off because it'll it'll run for more than 20 hours. So that if my phone wakes up with an alert, a notification, if it rings, it finds my braille display. I put my hand down, just flip the case open. Yep. I can read the caller ID. I can you know, send and receive text messages. I can sit in a restaurant and um, you know, do Foursquare and find the menu on Foursquare, <laughs> yeah. all the menus, all that sort of stuff. And it it's enough cells to be able to read. Right but still in a small enough package to be able to carry unobtrusively and use unobtrusively. And the, the beautiful thing, Jamie, as a blind guy, is I'm no longer holding the phone up trying to listen in a, in a loud environment where my attention is gone from the group that I'm with. And I don't, have a, I don't have a thing in my ear or I don't have a phone clutched in my hand. My ears are out in the environment. Mm -hmm. My ability to interact with everybody is still completely intact. And I'm reading just like a sighted colleague your peer would do right. what's on the screen of the phone while my attention can still remain outward. So not designed to read War and Peace. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You stole my punchline. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's funny. It's, yeah, not designed to read War and Peace. And as, as, a, as, a, as a confirmed Brailster, I was thinking more is always better. But I found it is pretty cool. I can read very quickly, and it lets me do it one-handed and still work all the controls on the unit. My fingers never come right. off the Braille line. Right. Very impressive. Well, I realize that JAWS is not your area, but I know that you guys are talking about JAWS 14 a little bit. Is there anything you can tell us right now? You know, I am not the JAWS guy. I'm the hardware guy. I get to paddle in the in the software pond when sure. it comes to Braille translation and other stuff. Okay. So I, uh, I've sat, I sat through Eric Damery and Jonathan Mosen's presentation from last week, and I, I know Eric talked about uh, JAWS 14 and Windows 8, and they're working hard on Windows 8 support. Right. Um, those kind of things are in the works. Um, they're some, some, I guess, new voices that are available, but honestly, I'm a heck of a weak read to lean on for Jaws stuff. I, I wish I could, uh, I could delve right. more deeply into it. But, uh, I just had to ask. Sure, you know that. no problem. Yeah. Well, listen, thank you for taking the time. I suppose everyone knows your web address, but let's go ahead and give it anyway. Absolutely. It's www.freedomscientific.com. So I'm, uh, I, I would encourage people to go check out the, the FS casts. Um, yes. you know, we do those, and there's there's some neat uh, neat material on there. You actually get to listen to my uh, sort of dulcet voice from the, the May FS cast talking about our Braille displays, and of course.
June is coming up. And, uh, sounds like Jonathan just got free. If it you does. Take a minute and All right. Grab him real quick. And it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Well, reporting for the Sarah Talk Podcast, I'm Jamie Pauls. Well, Danero? Multiplayer game. Got two options here. We can either jump into the multiplayer mode or check out the offline mode. But since we've got uh, Jeremy here, we'll play multiplayer. Let's um, give the okay. listeners an idea. What do you start with? Uh, weaponry you, and armor. Yep. You don't start with any armor. You'll start with an axe, which is your usually your last-ditch weapon. When things are in bad shape and you're running out of ammo, the axe is usually what you'll switch to because you can use it indefinitely. You won't ever run out of ammunition for it. And you start with a Glock 19 pistol. And if I remember right, you start with 60 rounds uh, for that weapon. And we'll verify that once at the end of the game. Right. Before I hit enter here, let's just describe some basic movement. Your movement is used using the right mouse button. Uh, I lay my palm so the mouse centers in the palm using my first and second Multiplayer fingers. Game. Oops, I just tapped the right mouse button with my second finger on the left and right mouse buttons. The wheel does nothing in this configuration because I have not tweaked the key map dot I and I. Mm-hmm. We'll go ahead and uh, hit enter. And, uh, Connecting. This day on the server is sponsored by donations from Alexander Westphal. If you wish to join either the new sniper or warehouse missions, you will need to first get the maps from www.caldopsky.com slash audiogame slash distinctbooks.zip. That extra the, long server message? Yeah, there's an extra long server message in there today. There must be some new maps. Yeah. I don't know if I would have seen that when if I logged into my actual character. Yeah, it would still show it, but that's okay. it's a it's on a day by day basis. Whatever I happen to set the message to, so it's not normally that. I have roof long. zero. We'll probably demonstrate a couple of these once we're done. Now, keystrokes. If I hit W, west. You see, I'm facing west. Now, I want to know if Jeremy's here. You can't tell individually, but you can press shift and slash, which is question mark. There are 27 people here. Crotch to level 9, Joe level 12, Terrace level 3, Arinder level 5, Damon level 7, Zombie level 1, Neptune level 4, Pilot level 1, Connor level 14, Scottsdale level 1, Shane level 1, 3 fourths Superscript AAAE level 15, John 0 Z. As you can tell, there are lots and lots. I didn't let that read all the way through because there are 27 players on this particular map. I just wish you could hit another button to find out where everyone else is, but you can't at the moment. <laughs> Not at the moment. There's actually 40 people playing right now. Okay, thank you. Um, Now... There is a radio channels that has 99 different channels. I leave it on by default because it's simply easy enough to do. Basic movement keystrokes, right mouse button to move forward, left mouse button to swing your axe, shoot your weapon, or what have you. Shift A and Shift D turn 45 degrees in a direction, covering all the cardinal directions. Z tells you your ammo count. Shift Z does not do anything. No, it doesn't. X tells you your 100% health. health. You are right. not wearing any armor. Ooh. Nothing on shift X. C and shift Z are going to be your best friends as well. If I hit C. No shots fired yet. No shots fired yet. It gives you the number of shots fired and how many kills and your accuracy. Shift C gives you your you have zero reputation, reputation level one with zero experience. Your, your next level, level requires 500 ex- and your experience and what? How much experience is required for the next level? Have I missed any critical keystrokes? Um, well, V is for your location. That's correct. Yeah. That. Oh, and if you aren't in an area where you or it doesn't know, it'll say no data available. You are a co- right. Shift V covers coordinates. R reloads the weapon in progress. T changes your. 
firing setting, because every weapon has an alternate fire method. It also goes crouching and non-crouching, or bracing and not braced, if you're using one of the bigger weapons. But all we've got right now is hit one eye here, is axe, and of course, you always have. Slot 19 equipped, it has 15 of 15 rounds, and you have 40 rounds of 9mm ammo in reserve. What I call the problem solver. <laughs> Those are the two weapons you start with. So I'm facing west. I'm going to move out of the safe zone. Uh, out of here. As you can tell, I'm moving forward by holding the right mouse button, and we're moving towards the door. Now, I think something that a lot of players have to get used to is that in normal first-person shooters that it have existed in the community, you're locked to a grid. You may be able to rotate yourself a certain number of degrees, but you then travel in straight lines, you know, very rigidly. In Swamp, you are able to steer yourself very smoothly with the mouse by moving the mouse from left to right. So you can actually curve in perfect circles. You can weave you know, very smoothly in and out of areas. It's a lot more fluid and it's a lot more natural than locking yourself to particular angle directions. Now, they're there in case you need them, but many players don't use them once they've uh, become sufficiently comfortable with the mouse. In buildings, I use it. Um, now, I use them also moving it right and left across the desktop. There's probably a better way of maybe twisting it to do the same. Yes. Oops, well, it does. There we go, we're back facing west. Now, as you heard, I've left the save zone, so let's keep running west. Run west. As you can hear, your footsteps change as you cruise. There's water, mud. Hard-packed dirt, grass. It's gonna find me a street. Now, let's say you're some poor sap, <laughs> and you get lost, and you want to know, "Oh no, where's my safe zone?" We have beacons. They tell you where to go. One problem with beacons: they don't account for walls. <laughs> so you will run face first into walls. To prove my point, there's a gas station. I'm going to press shift and the one key on my numbers row. Dragon gas station, go west 78 tiles. Let's, it says go west 78 tiles. Now you can hear that, that beep. You're still off, quite a distance. Yeah, off to my right. See, Jeremy's spying on me. <laughs> <laughs> so he can give ideas of, and we're going to keep going west. Now, if you forget where you're supposed to go, hit the B key. Go west 48 tiles. Green lane. I'm going to purposely find something to run into. Gas station driveway. Gas station parking lot. I'm going to purposely pass the gas station. SW. Gas pump. Gas station parking lot. South. SW. There we go. Leaving gas station parking oh. lot. Hey, that'll work. So you can go straight west. And oof. Now, I just ran into a wall. That beacon's going to get rather annoying. So we'll just shut it off. Tracking off. By hitting shift one. You kill the tracking by pushing the key associated with the beacon you tracked. In buildings, in my case, and this may be different for sighted players, I navigate in 90 degree angles. West, south, east, north. That's how I navigate. Now, we're going to get out of here because there's nothing interesting east. in here. And while I run back to the safe Gas zone, parking. I'm going to track the safe zone. Tracking safe zone. Go east the shift and the grave accent key. Reminded to Jaws users, 
green we also have a field kit. Leaving green lane. That's tied to the grave accent. You, you will have to bypass uh, Jaws with uh, insert number row three, then hit the grave accent key. I still say uh, Jeremy should change that, but that's me. Um, <laughs> because well, the good news is people can remap the key if yeah, they need to. You, you, those can be remapped. As we cruise, someone just died. I don't know how well you guys heard that, but off to my right, someone just croaked. Rather spectacularly, too. We have a radio in this game. Why did I run into that wall? East. Because I was too far right. So let's sidestep left. I'm pushing the A key. I'm now in the right position. We'll use the right mouse button to go forward. And we are now location the safe zone. in the safe zone. Tracking off. The radio. There are 99 different channels to utilize to text chat to your friends or sometimes enemies. I'll be the first person to admit I prefer voice chat when playing this game because it makes it more real time. Right. As you just heard, someone just leveled up. And I'm going to hit the slash key Speak and type nice. congratulations. You say congratulations to whoever just leveled up. You say congratulations to whoever just leveled up. You cannot, if you forget what channel you're on, there is no key to tell you at the moment. Um, I just kind of do shift, I, do, I hit less than and greater than. Channel 19, channel 1, English chat. And that tells me where I was. Now, <laughs> let's go find something to kill. Why? Because this is what this game is all about. Killing zombies, going on missions, and doing quests. Now, will I go find something to kill? Um, I don't think so. How about you tell the players a bit about the quest while I go find something to kill? Alright, um, well there's there's two, there's quests and there's missions. People tend to interchange the, the terms, but that is the correct way to put it. There are actually quests That's and there are missions. Now the quests are something that you do by yourself. From the safe zone, you push enter, or from within the safe zone, you push enter and it accesses a menu. It gives you various um, options. You can donate items, you can get items from the safe zone. You can also read a little bit of story, but one of the things on that list is to accept a quest. What a quest will do is it will give you, it'll cost you a certain amount of reputation, which is like the currency of the game. It will give you some type of a clue telling you that, let's say you need um, jumper cables for, you know, whatever reason. And it will give you multiple stores that you should check. What you then have to do is travel out to those stores, listening for the sound of that item, which is hidden in one of them. If you find it, retrieve it, and bring it back to the safe zone, you can sell it for a significant um, profit. I'm now on Green Lane. This is a street. This goes a north-south street. I'm running down Green Lane. I'm hunting down something to murder. Show you oh, you'll, you'll find something soon. As you can hear, there are this game moves on without you. If you just kind of stand here like a tool... The game moves on without you. I forgot about Shift G G H and Shift H. I never tweak with H because I don't never ever want to turn myself up those steps up or down. And pinging, so I always turn player steps. Player steps muted. 
Oh, they're already all the way down. Okay. By default, they'll be up all the way, but because I didn't actually set up a new swamp folder, they are muted. Pinging players gives you the option of knowing where your players are. I have that on by default, so I don't accidentally shoot at other players. No, you can't kill your fellow player. Turn on pinging other players, and you hear... There you go. Now, as I continue looking, there's a radar. How about, uh, Jeremy, while I go find something to murder, you talk about the radar system. South. All right. With, um, South. in the game, there are two different sets of radars. If you use the up arrow, down arrow, left or right arrows, just by themselves, it will activate the short-range radar. While turned on, for example, if I turn on the forward-facing radar, you will hear five beeps that sweep from left to right. And I've just and done it, that as he's describing it. Right. It will make a particular sound when the area is clear, which that's all we're hearing right now is just the sound of it being clear. If you were near a wall, it'll make a different sound as those five beeps impact something. And we'll demonstrate Eight. that. And I think I found the Yes, yes, I have. Die. You hear? Fly ready. Cut. <laughs> Let me get out of here. I'm gonna die in a second. Perhaps I should give you something with a little more kick. See, this is why. Now, what happened there? I died on purpose because sure I wanted you to hear that very nifty noise. Normally, if you're a new player, you will die. You'll be the first person to die. Believe me. I, the amount of times I have died to get where I am would make you cringe. Let's, um, try that again. Yeah, that is something that throws people off a little bit about... I, I wouldn't even just say this game, but my games in general. A lot of people have told me that my games are very, very difficult, and at first it can put it can put you off because you're not used to it. From what I've noticed as an outsider, is that a lot of the audio games seem to spend time holding your hand to walk you through it. You know, they want to make it easy. Whereas I go the opposite direction. I want you to die a hundred times before you feel that you've gotten the hang of the game because you get a sense of accomplishment as you play. There's a challenge to it. After you've died, you get, of course, you go back to your favorite. And of course, and you double the amount of ammo there. Now, West, let's go demonstrate that radar that that Jeremy was talking about. Here. Go this way and face east and hit a barrel. This way. That's a wall. Now, if you sidestep to the left a little bit, what you will start to hear is out of the five beeps, the first few will be open space. That is the entrance to the safe zone. Center that, I will... Boom. And then I can go. So what that would have been telling you is that out of the five beeps sweeping across, the ones on the right were a wall. So if, if you were actually standing in this game you could reach out your right hand, and a little off to the right, you would feel a wall. So it's just a way to give you um, a short-range sense of what's around you. The spacebar will toggle your last radar off and on. Mm -hmm. You have up, down, left, and right. And then, of course, you have the E key. The E key does a full radar scan, like this. 
If you can hear it panning around. I don't use that. Because, in my opinion, it... I can't find a use for it. But that's just how I apply. Now. Mm -hmm. The weapons you have... I have them all. I don't remember them all offhand. My favorites are the MP5, the AR-15, and everyone's favorite Vulcan minigun. And we always can't forget the M60. Those are some of the weapons. Um, those of you who have played previous versions of this game will remember the chainsaw was very breakable. Not anymore! That has been fixed in version 2. Now, yes. West. let's, uh... See if I can get somewhere in this thing. This isn't my actual character. Some tool shed is clicking their unloaded gun. It might help if you load that gun. How do you load and unload? That's the R key. I'm gonna purposely unload my Glock by pressing Shift R. There you go, it's now unloaded. Let's load it. This gun comes with, or you can find or purchase a silencer. Not on this map. You must be level 8 to go to the second map. Um, but mm -hmm. you can buy certain things on this map. But not everything. The following presentation is brought to you on Main Menu, courtesy of David Woodbridge and Vision Australia. To find out more about Vision Australia, visit them on the web at www.visionaustralia.org. Vision Australia. Blindness and low vision services. Welcome to this demonstration of using Mountain Lion with VoiceOver. In this particular demonstration, I want to show you the new accessibility panel option where you can select features to turn on or off on your Mac. So before I get started, let me say that my MacBook Pro is turned on, VoiceOver is running, and as usual, I like to start from a known spot on my Mac by going to the desktop with the VoiceOver command Shift VOD, remembering that the VO keys other control and option keys held down together. So that's Shift VOD or Shift Control Option D, and I'll do that now. Desktop Macintosh HD Volume. Okay, now for me to properly show you this accessibility panel, I'm actually going to turn VoiceOver off with Command F5. VoiceOver off. Command key plus Function key five. And the new accessibility panel option that you can get to on any Mac now to select your accessibility features is Option, Command, F5, or Option, Command, Function, Key, 5. Okay, so Option, Command, F5. Now, VoiceOver hasn't said anything, but if I press the Tab key... Enable Zoom using keyboard shortcuts, unchecked. Okay, so I've got Speech, which is the built-in speech on the Mac, and we're going through the different features that we can enable or disable. So the first one was enable zoom using keyboard shortcuts. If I was just to press the shift tab key now, done. that's the done button that I could actually press the space bar on to actually exit out of this panel if I wanted to. So I press tab again. Enable zoom using keyboard shortcuts, unchecked. Enable zoom using scroll gestures, unchecked. Okay, enable zoom using scroll gestures, unchecked. Tab again. Enable voiceover, unchecked. Enable voiceover, unchecked. And of course, if I was to press the space bar on any of these checkboxes, it would enable the feature. And we'll come back and enable voiceover from this panel in a minute. 
So press the tab key again. Enable sticky keys. Unchecked. Enable sticky keys. Unchecked. Tab key again. Enable slow keys. Unchecked. Enable slow keys. Unchecked. Enable mouse keys. Unchecked. Enable mouse keys. Unchecked. Tab again. Invert display colors. Unchecked. Invert display colors. Unchecked. Tab key again. Contrast. 15%. Contrast is currently 15%. If I was to adjust this, it's an adjuster, so I can press the up arrow. 20%. 25%. Okay, or down arrow. 20%. Tab key again. Preferences. Preferences. If I was to press the space bar, it would access the system preferences panel, but of course I don't have speech running, so that wouldn't be particularly exciting at the moment for me. Tab key again. Done. Back to the done button. Tab key again. Enable zoom using keyboard let's shortcuts. Keep pressing tab to Unchecked. Back voiceover. Enable zoom using scroll. Enable voiceover. Unchecked. Now press the space bar. We're now going to be running our full screen reader, which is voiceover, of course. Check. Welcome to OS 10. Voiceover is running. Application, accessibility options window. Enable voiceover. Check checkbox has keyboard focus. Okay, we're well now we're back to full voiceover now using this panel. So I'll press the shift tab key. Enable zoom using scroll gestures. Uncheck checkbox. Enable zoom using keyboard shortcuts. Uncheck checkbox. Done button. So if we wanted to go to sister preferences, for example, let's do shift tab to go back around to the system preferences button. Preferences ellipsis button. Okay, and of course spacebar. System Preferences, Accessibility, Window, Toolbar. And that's brought up the System Preferences panel for Accessibility. The Accessibility panel is new, and that'll be covered in another demo. If you don't want to make any changes out of that Accessibility panel, let me just go back into it again with Option Command F5. Application, Accessibility Options, Window, Accessibility Options. Okay, and of course I could press tab key again. Enable zoom using keyboard shortcuts. Enable zoom using scroll. Enable voiceover. Check checkbox. And box. if I wanted to turn voiceover off, voiceover is now off. Press the tab key. Enable sticky keys. Unchecked. Okay. So you can actually tell that's in some ways a much richer voice we're now hearing compared to the voiceover speech. Enable voiceover. Unchecked. And of course if I wanted to come out of that panel I could press the escape key. So what I'm going to do first is Command F5 for voiceover, which I can still do independently. Voiceover on application, accessibility options, window, enable voiceover, check checkbox has keyboard focus. Okay, and as you can tell, Command F5 has now checked that checkbox. Press the escape key. System preferences, accessibility window. That's the accessibility panel window because that's the last window that we accessed. I'm going to close that with Command W, Command key plus W. Finder, now in desktop, Macintosh HD volume. And as I said, I will cover that accessibility panel in another demonstration. As it has changed, it's no longer called the universal access option. It's now called accessibility to reflect the accessibility panel, I guess, to some extent on iOS devices such as your iPhone, iPod Touch or iPad. And the way the panel is now laid out is also completely different. So that concludes this demonstration on the new accessibility options panel. I hope you've enjoyed this demonstration. Thanks for listening and bye for now. Vision Australia. Blindness and low vision services. On behalf of the entire Main Menu staff, I'd like to thank you for being with us today here on Main Menu. We'll look forward to seeing you back again next week. Meantime, you have a good week, and we'll see you soon.